didn't actually realize how much better I'd feel if I had more carbs in my diet um and yeah it's something that now I'm I embrace it and just absolutely love carbs. Get those carbs in um, my <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Joyful Drinker, a podcast for anyone that drinks that wants to drink a little less. I'm your host, Ellie Webb, and I believe that if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better. Through honest conversations and real-life stories, I'm on a mission to uncover the benefits of taking a few more alcohol-free days each week. By sharing my guests' own perspectives on balance and moderation, I hope we can all take away some inspiration and learn from the powerful habits they've picked up along the way. If you're curious about the benefits that balanced drinking can bring to your week, then pour yourself a glass of something tasty and let's meet today's guest. So on today's podcast, I'm joined by a woman of many talents, Vicky Fleetwood. She is the former junior hurdler and personal trainer and a Rugby World Cup winner. And she was also part of England's bronze medal winning seven squad in the 2018 Commonwealth Games on Australia's Gold Coast. Amazing. Vicky, huge welcome and thank you so much for being here today. It's so great to have you. Um, So you're a female professional rugby player. Tell me how you started out on your journey and how old were you when you first started playing? Um, So I didn't start playing until I was like 14, 15. Um, Started playing at school. Uh, I'd done like all of the sports. Um, As you said, kind of done hurdles and I'd done athletics for years and years. Started when I was like 10 and... um, I got to yeah 15 16 and kind of wanted to try something else they offered rugby at school and um my brother played as well so yeah I just think I was quite feisty and just wanted to give it a go liked kind of the the contact side of it and how that was quite different to other sports that I'd done before and um I played netball hockey things like that and I actually really enjoyed being part of a team rather than doing an individual sport so I think that's what's kept me in rugby rather than you know, doing the other things that are just on your own. It's quite nice to have the support of, of your team when you go into training. Yeah, amazing. And rugby is, of course, an immensely competitive sport. How do you navigate keeping both physically and mentally healthy in your world? Um, for me, I think, especially being a professional rugby player, um, it's kind of having other things outside of rugby to keep me like mentally sane and kind of know that when I go into rugby that I'm fully prepared for that yeah so lots of people would prefer to just rest but actually I'm someone who quite likes to be busy I like doing other things and that's how my personal training stuff kind of fits really nicely alongside rugby because I love being in the gym obviously Mm -hmm. being a, a rugby player you need to um go to the gym yourself so actually it it works well and um before getting my first contract I was working as a full-time personal trainer and I had to give that up um to go and be full-time with rugby so it's just something that I do on the side now um yeah. and I think that ties in nicely to keep me both mentally and physically like ready for 
for anything. Yeah, because what's your weekly schedule like? I imagine it's quite intense with training. Talk me through what that looks like. Yeah, so um, when we're in training, we'll do like two to three sessions each day. um, And that will involve whether it's like sprint work, it might be um, skill-based stuff with the ball, might be more strength-based work or conditioning so you've not just got the rugby side of it it's kind of making you fitter faster stronger as well as doing all the rugby-based on-field stuff so yeah probably in the week sort of 10 hours of training and then a game maybe um and then a rest day here or there so yeah it's quite full-on um and we don't even when it's like off season you probably get a week or so downtime and then it's training back to get yourself fit again ready for contact all of those kind of things so um yeah it's always full-on even when you're injured rehab's probably a lot harder than than the team training stuff so yeah it's it's quite tiring um but now being full-time with rugby means that we get that extra time for the rest and recovery as well which is super important yeah it requires a lot of commitment a lot of commitment and dedication each yeah. week, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, so this is obviously the joyful drinker and we talk about all kinds of things, but but drinking is one of them. What's your relationship like with things like alcohol? So being a rugby player, obviously the two go quite hand in hand, rugby, mm. alcohol, especially at grassroots level. Um, it's kind of all about you play your game and then you have a beer with the, the opposition afterwards. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things that everyone loves about rugby, um, how you can then be best mates again, uh, like in the <laughs> like afterwards, after you've kind of beaten each other up on the field. So, yeah, um, yeah it's quite hard as a rugby player, like getting getting that right and um I think it's something that when I was younger um I drink to get drunk (laughs) and now it's more about I enjoy having a nice drink and I I enjoy the flavor of it more and um you know I, I don't like being out of control so for me I'll enjoy having one or two drinks and that's that's me I'm happy yeah um but that's definitely something that's changed like since I was younger um and I know that a lot of other rugby players love a drink so yeah it's something that you've it's it's a personal uh choice for me and it's something that over the years I've found what works for me as well yeah it's nice because you have that uh celebratory drink after the game and you get to kind of cheers your with your teammates and and your components but I can imagine that going the other way into the excess and then waking up with a hangover the next day when you've got a day full of training is not isn't probably not that enjoyable if that ever happens I think the worst for me is you have that like you say the celebratory drink um everyone gets a little bit crazy you stay up late and then you've got travel the next day whether that's like if you've played a game abroad and you're having to get a flight not Mm. ideal on a hangover or or you're having to obviously wait around until you're sober enough to drive home sometimes that might be like four to six hour drive or something like that that's not what you want so for me yeah I'm happier just having like nice little one or two then I can go to bed at a decent time and I'm I feel fine in the morning whereas other people might have that heavy head yeah you should introduce some alcohol into alternatives into the game I know <laughs> here you go here's yeah, a really here's should. a non-alcoholic beer <laughs> see if they notice the difference <laughs> um what what's your 
driver for success and and succeeding in general i mean with with a game like rugby you have to be quite motivated i imagine what keeps you pushing for those bigger goals for getting the wins in matches what what personally drives you i'm someone who like i have a fear of failure and like i hate being the worst at something i always want to be the best at it so um yeah it's it's for me it's like it's all intrinsic and when people ask that like where does that motivation come from I, like, I really couldn't tell you where I actually get it from I just want to do it um, I've never been someone who has struggled to do the training and like right from a, an early age like I'd go on holiday and I'd, I'd say to my dad like I need to get my training in and mm. I think it's kind of that knowing that if you hadn't put the, the work in like you maybe could have been better so for me I'm like I don't want to ever question that I want to know that I've put everything in that I possibly could have done um so when when I was doing hurdles and doing athletics I was always a sprinter and I found running anything further than like 200 meters was the hardest thing ever um and then we had to do fitness test at rugby and we had to do like 1200 meter test for time and for me that was like the worst thing that anyone could have ever got me to do so I I just trained really hard um to get good at it and pushed myself hated doing that um and now I absolutely love like fitness and pushing myself really really hard um most people probably wouldn't even realize that I struggled with it previously mm. just because now like I get good scores and people would probably say that I'm I'm one of the fitter players so it's something that I've worked hard at but purely because mm. I don't like to be bad at stuff so would I guess people listening to this podcast who are maybe in that mindset of I really don't enjoy that or not sure I'm going to be good at it actually what you're saying is if you just continue on push through the the really hard part mm -hmm. that you can eventually not just be good at it be, but be great at it yeah I think you've got to persevere with it um if you want something bad enough like you'll find a way to to do it and and get it so um you, it might not be plain sailing but like yeah enjoy the journey there <laughs> yeah perseverance that's the key now I've seen some incredibly impressive videos on your Instagram of you at the gym lifting some pretty hefty weights uh, and as well as playing rugby you're also a coach so what are some of the healthy habits people can do um I guess with practicing week to week to give themselves a good balanced lifestyle I think it's it's different for everyone um and again it depends on like your personal goals being a personal trainer being a, a rugby coach like everyone that I see um have different goals so I have clients that are just parents that are you know they've got a lot going on they've got their job they've got their kids and actually they just need an hour out of their week or a couple of hours out of their week to just be told what what they need to do exercise wise mm. and then I've got other clients who are like professional athletes and they just need a hand with like tinkering with a little bit of their training making it specific to them and they've got the motivation to train but they're not entirely sure what they should be doing so um I think it's finding what's right for you is is the yeah. biggest thing what you enjoy um and then 
things just start to fall into place when you enjoy it. Um, you make those sacrifices when you feel like it's something worthwhile rather than if you're someone who's just going, oh, I'm just going to diet and I'm going to mm -hmm. like go to the gym, but you have no real goal. Um, that's when I think people kind of fall off it and kind of go the wrong way with it. Actually, if you have a goal to, to focus on, it can keep you like in good stead for what it is that you yeah. want to achieve yeah because you definitely do see that like at the start of the year January comes along and everyone's in the gym and it doesn't last yeah I think you need to have a kind of goal you're working towards and really be committed to it you see a lot of people I'm sure you see it in your in your personal mm -hmm. training life people kind of going hard at it but then maybe not necessarily truly committed to the end goal and, and kind of give up I think it's making the, the small steps though so some people who do go to the gym like say um, it's a new year's resolution they go on the first of January and they're like right I'm going to be going six days a week mm. well actually is that going to be achievable when you're someone who's never stepped foot in a gym yes exactly. Um, so it's actually making sure that it's something that is achievable um, and then you can always increase that if it, it, you know, further down the line, like my idea is that I want to go six days a week, but actually you start off at twice a week. When that becomes a habit, you can then add the other few and actually you probably will want to then go more. Um, whereas if you yeah. tell yourself you're going to go six days a week, that's actually probably quite difficult and you'll find it a chore. Yeah, that's been a reoccurring theme on this podcast. So those kind of setting those smaller goals that kind of lead up to the bigger ones, but mm -hmm. doing them step by step so that you, it doesn't become overwhelming for you. Um, just touching back on uh, rugby for a sec, if there was one thing you wanted to shine light on in women's rugby, what would that be? Um, I think a lot of people whether it's like watching rugby or playing rugby themselves um, that they're worried about is like the contact side of things. And actually for me, that's been like so empowering um, to be able to use my body. Um, something that when I was younger, I was quite like embarrassed of and I was naturally like bigger than my friends, more muscular. And that was just mm. my body shape, my body type. And actually finding rugby was like the best thing that, especially at the age of 15 when you're kind of struggling with body image and things like that. Um, being able to be like, well, my, my body is great for the sport that I do and like I'm able to tackle people, be tackled and um, like be powerful and strong. And I think that's the biggest part of, of rugby that um, I think like women and girls are really seeing now is, is so important and the, the change in kind of mindset of what people want so they want to go to the gym to be strong um like you see so many females now lifting weights it, it yes. might not be like a really heavy weight but you see females in the weight section whereas when I first started going to the gym that was just unheard of girls just wanted to be skinny they weren't interested in being strong being muscular and being like fit for life um and for me that's one of the biggest things that I'll take from playing rugby um I will always be active I'll always want to go to the gym and and stay fit and it's not just for playing sport but um for life in general just yeah. to be healthier yeah well that was going to be one of my my questions actually next but I really relate what 
to what you say about the weights thing because I remember walking into a, a gym at, at uni in the kind of weight section and it was a bit intimidating because yeah. it was just filled with guys and it didn't feel like there was a place for me there but I think really there is and you just have to kind of give it a go give it a try yeah I think I think now it's a lot less scary definitely with mm. so much on social media with women training in the in the weight section a lot of it would just be you don't know what to do so yeah. there's yeah there's loads of pages that you can follow um that will give you ideas of how to do a weight session and the things that you need to be focusing on to be safe rather than just rocking up and not knowing how a machine works or what exercises to do so I think that's been really helpful yeah. um, for females definitely oh, brilliant and um I guess we all know um, that as well as the ups, you also need the downs to rest and recover. You talked about this, touched on this briefly just now, but what do you like to do in your spare time when you're not training? I'm a huge foodie, so oh, I um, love trying out like new restaurants, love trying new food. Um, yeah, like happy to try anything really. Um, and... I enjoy making food as well, so um, probably m more like meals than baking. But um, yeah, I love being in the kitchen and I find it, although sometimes it can be quite stressful if you're like following um, a certain recipe and getting the timings right and stuff. Actually, I, I really enjoy like food and really good flavours and stuff like that. What's your, so. uh, your favourite dish to cook? Ooh, I don't know. Put you on the spot there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got a few good ones. Um, I mean, I just for ease, but to get flavours, like just putting stuff all in like one pan, just so easy, but you can try loads of different things. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like a casserole or a hot pot? Or yeah, just all everything. sorts. Yeah, just... Um, like I love fish as well. And yeah. I think it's like something that I like to have in my diet just um, but people get put off because they're not so sure with the flavours, but just adding different flavours to it um, can make it really tasty because I, I love the texture as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, just like trying new things. I guess touching on food, is that something you have to be mindful of when you're training during the week? what you're eating and how much you're consuming yeah definitely um especially with the amount that we are training um it's really important uh to make sure that you're getting enough protein and enough carbs to fuel your body and to mm. make sure that you're recovering um it's probably something in the past like I was super shy of having carbs and i didn't actually realize how much better I'd feel if I had more carbs in my diet um and yeah it's something that now I'm, I embrace it and just absolutely love carbs. Get those carbs in um, my meals. I know that I'll then have the energy and I'll be able to perform better actually yeah. having them. Um, and the same with protein, like especially even in the last couple of years, I've always had protein in my diet, but I've probably not been having enough. Um, I think it is quite hard to get the optimum amount um, mm. To be able to put on muscle mass or at least keep the muscle mass alongside the training that we're doing especially yeah. with doing a contact sport you need to be having that protein to let your muscles recover um and yeah i, I don't think that we've we'd had enough input put from a nutritionist um previously and now having had like 
much more to do with that um, especially with what I did at university and things like that better understanding I can I definitely feel better in myself and my body definitely feels more mm. recovered um, when I've had that protein what did you out of interest what did you do at university uh, I did sports science but in my third year um, I went down more down the nutrition route so yeah so my dissertation was to do with nutrition as well yeah I find a lot of in fact we, we speak to some nutritionists on this podcast but I find that um, it kind of stems from your own interest and a lot of people get into nutrition or become a nutritionist because they're quite interested themselves in how the body works and, and what food you should be eating so this is the joyful drinker podcast and it may be something you've already spoken about but i would love to know what are the two or three things that bring you joy each week it can be anything big or small but just things that give you that kind of smile <laughs> moment almond croissants yes <laughs> I'm with uh, you <laughs> um dogs I don't have one myself um but whenever I see a dog I'm I'm that one that's like is it friendly can can I please pet your dog <laughs> um and I go a little bit too far probably like actually <laughs> cuddling it um but they always bring a smile to my face and like yeah I really really want a dog it's just not the right time at the moment um and probably my friends just mm. um whether it's like my friends at rugby on those days when it's not the nicest weather outside and you have to go outside and train and the other day we were training and it was snowing and we were all just <laughs> having a laugh about it like this is not nice but <laughs> like everyone's going through it together um but also my friends that I've been friends with since primary school which is so unheard of there's a group of us there's there's four of us they actually got together without me on uh, Saturday because I was playing rugby and I was super sad that I couldn't be involved, but I kind of kept up with it on like the group chat, what was going on. Did you on. get FOMO? Yeah, absolute <laughs> FOMO. But the fact that they don't play rugby is so nice as well because they understand what I do and they fully support it. But at the same time, when I'm with them, like there's nothing to do with rugby. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, re I relate so to nice. that because I, you know, I find running a business sometimes your week is consumed by being in the business and then actually when you just chat to friends that are you know they're a nurse or you know they've just completely different profession and it's it's a bit quite refreshing yeah absolutely <laughs> just to talk about something different yeah There's so wrong with that yeah like I think that's something that will put a smile on my face talking about something other than rugby <laughs> <laughs> love it um and yeah I'm with you on the almond cross and, and the dogs part. <laughs> yeah the best moment of my life was when I got a dog but I was I was that person I was you going can I can I stroke your dog what dog do you have I've got a German pointer. I just, I just really want one. We actually nearly adopted one like a couple of weeks ago, and we just kind of ummed and ahed about it. Went and met her, and she was the cutest little thing. Fell in love. I was like, "Yep, yeah, I want her now." But it's just not the right time with rugby. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be fair. You have, yeah, you have to be able to dedicate the time yeah. and, and commit to that. And um, I think over lockdown, people kind of rushed into the decision of getting a dog, yeah. and then suddenly finding that. It's it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. of responsibility. So Post rugby, I'll be getting one. <laughs> That'll be the first thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so finally, my wild card question. So this is just uh, a final question that I ask everyone on the podcast. It's always different. 
So I would love to know, Vicky, if you could swap rugby for another sport, what would it be? Ooh. Um, would it have to be one that I'm actually good at or one that I <laughs> it could think be whatever would be you want. awesome no, to do? No, it could be whatever you want. Um, Obviously it helps if you're good at it, mm, but it doesn't, it doesn't have Maybe to. like snowboarding or something. Um, oh. I've been once before wasn't amazing but um i just think it's super cool like i'm one of those mm-hmm. people that just watches like ski sunday and i'm like oh my goodness like that looks so cool yeah. i wish i'd have done it since i was little and yeah be super good at it so yeah. i'm not saying that i would be good at it but i think <laughs> it doesn't I'd, matter but I'd this is your dream it. world and i think like the lifestyle that goes with it is pretty cool as well yeah no i love that snowboarding um, I wonder what mine would be. I'm not sure. Probably something that I'm not good at either. But I just look afar and be like, I wish I was good at that. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Vicky, for being on the Joyful Drinker podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to Thanks. speak to you today. Thank you. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Joyful Drinker, hosted by me, Ellie Webb. There'll be a new episode released every fortnight, so make sure you hit that subscribe button to avoid missing out. Also, just a small reminder that ratings and reviews really help people discover great podcasts. So if you've got some kind words to share, they'd be very much appreciated. In the meantime, come and find me on socials. I'm at Kalenyo Ellie. I'd love to connect with you all and feedback on the podcast is always welcome. See you next time for another episode of The Joyful Drinker. And remember, if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better.